Listener Production. A volatile session for US stocks overnight on the back of stronger-than-expected retail sales. And Aussie shares expected to open modestly higher on Wednesday ahead of Chinese economic data. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Wednesday, the 18th of October. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, question without notice. Uh, In moments like these where there's a lot of flux in the market, often I find that there's one number that I look at early on before I look at others to give me a sense of what the landscape's like uh, where markets are concerned. What do you look at first? First thing I look at, Tom, is the US Treasury market, the bond market. We're close. I I actually look at the US dollar index as a first port of call. If the US dollar index is um, doing something aggressive, then I know that you you have to be uh, on your toes. US dollar index last night, not much changed. And that's significant because those US Treasuries that you spoke about rose substantially, which we'll get to in a moment. But uh, with an hour remaining in the session, we've got the Dow Jones down by a third of a percent, the S&P 500 down by 0.4 of a percent, and the NASDAQ is down by around 0.6 of a percent. Worth pointing out that intraday, there has been quite a lot of volatility. And the reason for that, Ryan, has been twofold. We uh, firstly saw some much stronger than expected retail sales numbers in the last month in the US. Absolutely, Tom. So US retail sales shot the lights out. We saw them jump 0.7% in September, beating expectations for a 0.3% lift. And all that suggests is the consumer in the United States is still powering ahead despite the recent energy-driven pickup in inflation. The labor market is strong, providing support for US consumers. And importantly, what we did see was the control group sales picture, very strong. So that is what feeds into gross domestic product or economic growth in the US, and that was up by better than expected 0.6%. The bottom line is here that there are rate hikes that are still in the bigger picture as far as the Fed is concerned. I was interested in the way that that pricing was skewed towards the beginning of next year rather than an imminent rate hike. Absolutely. And what we did see there was swap contracts tied to the Fed rates decision showed that traders are pricing in more than a 60% chance that policymakers will lift interest rates by another quarter percentage point in January after holding steady in November. A move in December is considered possible. Yeah. So those probabilities are low, but they aren't past that tipping point of one in two, I suppose, is the point to make there. But uh, that was one aspect of the story. We also are in the throes of the US company reporting season, and we saw, I suppose, slightly divergent outcomes uh, where the financials were concerned. On the one hand, Goldman Sachs, which is obviously heavily skewed towards the markets and the corporate world, its earnings quite disappointing. The shares fell by close to 3% at one stage. However, the more retail-focused Bank of America, almost the mirror reverse with its shares up by more than 3% on the back of better-than-expected earnings. Yes, we did see quite significant divergences there. So Goldman's profits were down significantly. So over the period, they saw a 33% slide in profits and that weighed on its share price. But as you mentioned, Tom, we continue to see fairly robust numbers out of the bigger commercial and retail banks. And Bank of America's results topped Wall Street expectations. And we also saw Bank of New York Mellon its stock was up 3% following a strong earnings report as well. But that wasn't where the heat was in the corporate news last night, Ryan. Uh, We had the US Commerce Department 
weigh in on the picture where technology stocks were concerned, saying that they're going to be banning the sale of AI chips, a particular sort, to China and NVIDIA, which is seen as ground zero for this type of thing. It plunged its shares down by as much as 5%. The Philadelphia Semiconductor Index was down by more than 3% at one stage. That is quite the ride that's taking place over in that neighborhood. Absolutely. We did see NVIDIA have its biggest intraday decline since December. And of course, it has more than tripled this year in value. And we have seen it driving broadly the S&P 500 and NASDAQ indexes both higher. But the company makes the most popular AI accelerators, processes that help sophisticated algorithms handle massive amounts of data. So the tighter controls will target NVIDIA's A800 and H800 chips, and that will weigh on NVIDIA's potential earnings and sales on the back of that in China. It's a good point that you make the tripling of the share price over the course of the last year since October. It's down by about 11% since the early peak that we saw this month. So it's kind of challenging for investors, uh, isn't it? Because on the one hand, you have got a seismic shift in technology. And uh, on the other hand, you have got more micro issues of the moment. And as an investor, they're the two sort of issues that you have to straddle, I suppose. And in terms of the actual rules that the Biden administration are focused on here, it's aimed at preventing China from accessing cutting-edge technology with military uses. So this is going to cast a pull over chip-making stocks in the near term and could be a weight on the market. But also, broadly, it did weigh as well on the narrative and sentiment around the broader mega-cap shares, particularly in the tech space. So we did see those rising US Treasury yields also have an impact, but Apple, Microsoft, and Amazon were down between 0.5% and 0.9% also weighing on the market. Yes, it's a good point that you make the volatility where the bond market is concerned. Of course, it's important to understand the backdrop this week where the US Treasury is conducting sales of US bonds in their uh, quarterly uh, refunding or their quarterly auctions. Uh, the two-year Treasury note up 12 basis points to 5.22, uh, a 10-year up by about 14 basis points to 4.84 uh, thereabouts. That's a sort of um, move that gets your attention, isn't it? It does indeed. We saw the two-year actually hit a 17-year high, the highest since 2006 during this trading session. So once again, we're seeing those bond yields lift quite significantly. And the question now is whether the 10-year will head towards 5%, but much will depend on what happens in terms of the Middle Eastern conflict at the same time. Let's quickly focus on what went on in Europe last night. Again, that move higher for interest rates was reflected in German bonds. A 10-year bond up 10 basis points to 2.87%. The moves for US, European equity markets were pretty contained. The FTSE stood out with a gain of around 0.6%. Small moves higher for the French and German markets. The stock 600 index down by around 0.1%. Not much to see there. No, really the UK FTSE index is the standout overnight, and that's because Britain's regular wage growth supported hopes of a pause in the Bank of England's tightening cycle. So we saw British average earnings, excluding bonuses, up 7.8% than a year ago in the three months to August, but that's down from 7.9% in the three months to July. So it's the first fall since January, and that's provided some hope that some of those wage pressures and therefore price pressures will ease. Ryan, just quickly reflecting on some other prices in the commodities, they were quite well behaved where gold and oil were concerned. Uh, gold not vastly changed at uh, 1920 US an ounce. 
Yes, the commodity space was in wait-and-see mode last night. We've got US President Joe Biden heading to Israel. So we actually saw the US oil NYMEX price, the WTI, actually flat, settled at 86.66 US dollars a barrel. Gold futures are only up 0.1% to 1935.70 US dollars an ounce. And iron ore futures rose by six cents to 119.31 US dollars a tonne. That was a little bit of a surprise given that Country Garden, the Chinese developer, its offshore debt will be deemed to be in default if it's if it fails to make a 15 million coupon payment on Tuesday. So, um, of course, that has now passed. That's the end of its 30-day grace period. So we have seen that ch- Chinese property crisis in focus. And therefore, today, the Chinese economic data today, we're expecting to see economic growth pick up by 0.9% in the September quarter, but annual growth slow from 6.3% to 4.5% below Beijing's annual growth target. There'll be a lot of focus on the retail spending, industrial output, and fixed asset investment numbers today, Tom. Indeed, and that will have a bearing on sentiment in the local market, which is expected surprisingly to kick off in positive territory. Modest gains expected at the open up by 14 points or 0.2% the SPY futures. Today, we hear from Reserve Bank Governor Michelle Bullock. She speaks on a panel, and RBA official Penelope Smith delivers a speech. We've also got sales and production updates provided by AMP, BHP, Woodside Energy, and Evolution Mining. So look out for those today. And the Aussie dollar is currently trading at 63.65 US cents. Have a fantastic day. Happy hump day. This podcast is prepared, approved, and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting, and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.